Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm very excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you. Yes, very excited despite the fact that they just had a big old clunker of a road trip, finishing it off by getting swept there in San Francisco. Figured what I'd do today is take a step back and look at the biggest wide-angle takes from the entire road trip, from really the Rockies' road performance thus far, and try to project again what I think it really means for the team moving forward. There's a couple of details from the series that are important, but honestly, breaking down every game would be both painful for you and not really a great use of anyone's time, because some of the big takeaways are really what we need to dissect here, beginning with the overall premise, right? So let's just start there with Rockies road performance. They fall to five and 10 on the season, which is a winning percentage of 333. I wrote about this at milehighsports.com very recently, and I'm going to continue to be looking at it throughout the year. I think in order to surprise expectations, the Colorado Rockies are probably going to need to win 34 to 35 road games, right? They won 26 a year ago, which was very bad, which is close to this, but it's worse than the 33 percentage, but not by a ton, right? So they need to improve upon that if they're going to sneak into the postseason. Now, this is very specifically why I predicted the Rockies to go 82 and 80, right? Because I think they're going to continue to be very good at home. I think they're going to continue to struggle on the road. Now, I do think there are some things that are going to balance out here. One thing that, of course, has to be a big caveat for this road trip, and it is super frustrating to me on a number of levels, uh, completely separate from, you know, the Rockies' maybe ability to turn one or two of those losses into wins, but just from a pure analytic data standpoint, the fact that they didn't have Chris Bryant for this road trip is very frustrating because I think he, it was supposed to be, and is sort of built to be a key cog in trying to help solve this very particular problem. He's always been been a very steady hitter on the road in terms of his splits, home and road, been very consistent throughout his career. And we all know that the hangover effect is real and was likely to impact that, but we just haven't seen him even in Philadelphia, right? So the vast majority of the road games that the Rockies have played so far have been without Chris Bryant. And while one baseball player doesn't swing a series uh, or or oftentimes even an individual ball game, there's a lot of things that can change when you put a guy into the middle of your lineup that's doing some damage and, and has the ability to swing some games. As we've talked about before with the blowout losses, and we saw a couple of them here in San Francisco, they're going to domino effect that way for the Rockies I think fairly often, unless somebody from the minors really steps up in a big way or a couple of relievers just become absolutely dominant, the Rockies just don't have the depth in the bullpen. They've got some good talent in the back end. They can win these games when they're handing a lead over to some of their back end guys in the 7th, 8th, and ninth. They're going to struggle all season if they've got to hand the ball to the reliever in the 5th or 6th or they're handing the ball to the reliever in the sixth, but down three or four runs and, you know, bases loaded one out, right? Which we we saw in this series, essentially, with the Austin Gomber game. So 
what you essentially have, right? And and we saw it this road trip is that the Rockies, when they're on the road, are playing with zero margin for error, and they keep making errors, both literally and figuratively, whether that's a starter making a mistake pitch at the exact worst time uh, and uh, literal errors. We we've saw, saw some more bad defense in this series and things like that. And I talked about it throughout the Philadelphia franchise when it was obviously error after error after error. They simply cannot do that. The winnable game in this set against San Francisco was the first one, as it turned out. And not to oversimplify, but to put it simply on purpose, the Colorado Rockies cannot afford to score five runs in a road game and lose. If they're going to, again, this is if they're going to surprise people. Now, what they're doing so far is basically consistent with what I expected, which was that the depth issues were going to show up in these tough series against tough opponents, especially on the road. And when you do have a key starter out like Chris Bryant, it's just going to be that much worse, right? But they had their opportunity to steal game one, scored five runs. They answered early. They they came back late. They had their their chances if they just pitch a little better and play better defense, which should be the strengths of this team, certainly the pitching. And they just didn't quite get it. And so that for me is the reason why, despite, you know, a start that maybe made you think, oh, Drew, do you think they could push your 82? And some people were asking me, do you think, hey, maybe 85, 86, you think they're they're, they're really going to do this thing? It's like, we got to see them on the road, y'all. We have to. And, you know, like I said before this road trip, if they get two wins, and it's funny, the difference one win can feel at this time of the season. And it's really, again, this is an oversimplification, but I've got to stick by what I said. I said they win one game in Arizona and one game in San Francisco, and I continue to think, yeah, you know, they're better. But if they only win one game or no games on the road trip, <coughs> excuse me, especially after going over in Philadelphia, then you have to fairly ask the question, are this team's road struggles coming back? Are they going to continue to be persistent? Are they going to be, you know, the thing that torpedoes their chances at getting into the postseason? And I think probably, you know, I think that's probably going to be the case. And I know I've got like a reputation for being a, a whatever pie in the sky, you know, all times optimist person. I don't think that's ever been true. I think that's kind of a tone thing because I do still think this team uh, should win you know, should be a 500 team. And I and I think there are a couple of interesting variables left on the table. Chris Bryant, obviously, being one of the, the bigger ones. I still think we haven't seen anywhere close to the best of this starting pitching staff, with the obvious exception of Chad Cool, who we maybe are seeing the absolute best of right now. But, you know, the, the bullpen issues, the lack of depth there was always going to be a problem. You know, the fact that Robert Stevenson and Lucas Gilbreth really have not gotten going has has been a big, big issue. They needed those guys. They desperately needed those guys to do their thing because now, you know, they're searching. And I will say, you know, I, I disagreed at the time. I, I strongly disagreed with the decision to send down Justin Lawrence, even though I understand it, uh, to, to try to get him a little more work in maybe in the the back half of innings it's easier to to get a little extra polishing done at triple a 
when you're not expected to be able to step in and contribute at any given moment to help win major league games. So for Justin Lawrence, it may end up being the best thing. It's obviously not the best thing for the team because Lucas Gilbreth has just simply been bad. No way around that. He's just been awful. And I know that they, you know, they think they need another lefty other than Ty Block because he's more of a long man. But I just think with the kind of uh, stuff that, you know, Tyler Kinley's been able to get out lefties, Carlos Estevez's been able to get out lefties, and it doesn't matter if he's left-handed if he's not getting anybody out anyway, right? It just, it doesn't matter that you can have him go left on left. I'd rather see Justin Lawrence. I think everybody would rather see Justin Lawrence against a lefty than the lefty Lucas Gilbert against a lefty. And I understood why they did it. I think in the long term, it won't end up being that huge of a deal. But for right now, it's it's pretty frustrating to watch because it's just a spot in your pen where they're hoping Gilbreth gets it together. But Lawrence was pitching very well. Not perfectly. There's definitely still some things to be ironed out there. Absolutely. And and when you have hopes that a guy can be a, a closer type for you, a back end type for you, I, I get sending him down. But... You know, it's it's a tight tightrope walk at this point of the season. It's a, it's a rough balance because you want to try to win as many games as possible. You're not a team that can afford to be kicking away games. But, you know, this is a, a bounce-back turnaround year that you, you got to keep your long-term future in mind. And those kinds of things are important. I think Justin Lawrence is going to be important for the long term. But, yeah, just an absolutely brutal series in San Francisco. Uh, You know, the second two games, a couple of opportunities to maybe make them close. But ultimately, they really weren't. Um, You you know, you, you got some okay performances out of a few guys in this set. Jose Iglesias had a nice road trip. He continues to show that he might be a nice piece for the club to be able to hit out on the road. Um, And again, that's something that this team oftentimes has to feel out. Uh, You know, they did throughout last year. Who are the people that you can count on on the road? You know, who who are the guys who are going to perform? Who are the guys maybe a little bit less so? And making sure that you make your adjustments to that. I felt like they did that a little bit in this set by having Jose Iglesias bat second a couple of times, getting Daza also on this road trip because of his contact abilities and and that he's been going well so far. They had him hit higher in the lineup. I thought those things were really interesting, particularly as... Now, it obviously didn't work, but an attempt to combat the the road hangover effect a little bit but again the all these little things will add up hopefully for them eventually that's that's their hope uh you get you know chris bryant back in there uh hopefully they're they're saying you know maybe sam hilliard or brandon rogers or whoever gets going but if not it's just going to be like this on the road all throughout the year. Sorry, folks. I'd, I'd love to tell you something different, but this is what it's going to be. It's They've got to figure out those ways to steal them. Like I said, keep your eye on that the 34 to 35 road win mark. I, I think that ends up being a very – it's nine, eight or nine games better than last year, and I think that puts them very close to the postseason. They've got five so far, so we're looking at 30 more road wins throughout the year, 10 losses, five wins, you need 29 or 30 more road wins. And and you got to figure out a way to get them. But obviously, as of right now, 
they look like the same old road Rockies. So looking forward just a little bit, the Rockies do return home, which will, you know, feel good. And I guess the other flip side of it, and this has always been a potential theory, is that they can just be so dominant at home, they can make up for those extra couple of games there. So if they only end up winning their, you know, 27, 28 road games, just a handful more than they did a year ago, then you've got to win that many more at home, right? Which is difficult to do, but not impossible. And the team is, in my estimation, just kind of better and steadier across the board than they have been for the last couple of years. And so you've got Kansas City coming into town for a three-game set, a lot like uh, with Cincinnati. That's uh, an opportunity to get yourself right coming off of the bad road trip against a team that struggled this year. They haven't been as bad as Cincinnati, but still they're sitting at 10 and 18. Uh, so pretty comfortably under 500 with the Rockies at 16 and 15 should be able to, at the very least, get a series win there with Kyle Freeland. Again, nice tone setter coming out for you at Coors Field, trying to put an end to the skid, trying to reestablish dominance at home, all those kinds of things. Marquez going in his second game. Those of you that listen to the podcast after his most recent difficult outing heard me say that I actually predict he's going to have a very good game his next time out. I saw big steps in the right direction. I think he's coming out of his funk a little bit. I think he's starting to recognize and fix what's been going on with him and just get a little bit of mental confidence back with a a pretty decent strikeout number last time around. So I think the fact that they've got Freeland, Marquez, and Gomber going for three straight at home weekend series against Kansas City. Really good opportunity for the Rockies to get back on track. I'm never going to predict a sweep because that's just not something that uh, I predict, even against a team as lowly as the Reds. But I think the Rockies should be able to come out of there with a series win. And then they get three against San Francisco and an opportunity to give it back to them. and, And this is almost... Uh, again, these are the mental games you play with yourself early in the season. These are the kinds of things that mathematically you can also just say, hey, look, if we sweep those guys, and again, you never predict it. You just hope for this. a series win is a series win, and you, you call that good if you if you get it because San Francisco is such a good team. They were such a good team last year. The Rockies really, really struggled against them and the Dodgers regardless of where the games were played. So a series win against San Francisco is still a good thing and and a big deal, but obviously the best mental trick you could play there would be to win all three of those games as a way of saying, yeah, okay, we may not have been able to beat you in your house, but you can't beat us in our house either. And then you, you feel like you're a player in the NL West. Right. And again, I I think a, a series win can still do that, especially like if the game they lose say is, is a close one or whatever, uh, right. Obviously, it'd, it'd be great to give them back the medicine and at least blow them out in one of them because uh, the Rockies really just were not competitive in those second two games. I mean, it's kind of I say that it's like the games got less and less competitive as they went on. There were moments early in both of them where the, the, some swing things could have gone either way. But ultimately, you look at the final score and those games just were not close. And so. Uh, you know, I'm sure the Rockies would love to be able to put one or two of those up on the Giants in a kind of revenge series. But still, as I've said before, when it comes to run differential and all those types of things, they all count. They all count the same, no matter how much you win by, no matter how much you lose by. 
Rockies are going to come out, try to see if they can get their footing back at home. And if they can, if they can establish that. And again, if, if, uh, if they beat both of these teams in these series, reestablish themselves as a relatively home dominant team, they'll keep their record over 500. If they do that, you know, they'll, they'll come out of there after that and still have to be feeling very confident about themselves, hopefully getting uh, back to full strength here before too long. I haven't seen any news about that today on the off day. So obviously we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, make sure you're following at Drew Creaseman on Twitter. I'll tweet out anything I know as soon as I know it. Uh, but for now, what was the, there was the one last thing that I wanted to mention on um, the road stuff. Oh no, it was, I, I started to get into it there. It was about the divisional stuff, right? The other frustrating thing about this set was exactly that because it wasn't just that the Rockies were terrible on the road last year. That was their undoing, but also the fact that they absolutely could not for the life of them beat the Dodgers and the Giants. And so the fact that they took the opening series from the Dodgers, again, that's that's why I thought just getting one win here in San Francisco would have been huge and why it, it was really too bad to see them get a couple of rallies going in that first game and have their pitching let them down. And it's like, man, that was the one. You win that game, you've got this huge mental edge now. Even if you get blown out in the next two, because you say, hey, we can we can win in San Francisco. We can take a game there. And we beat the Dodgers at home. That's already miles ahead of where they were a year ago. Because remember, the Rockies had a winning record against the rest of baseball. To put it as simply as possible. If it wasn't the Giants or the Dodgers, the Rockies were above 500. But the Giants and the Dodgers obliterated the Rockies last year. And so they needed to prove that they could play on those guys level in their house. And they arguably didn't do that. I mean, I'm not even sure how argue again. It's it's one series is one series in the grand context of things. They could be in a much better position uh, the next time those two teams meet there. And if they can turn around, like I said, and give it to them a bit at Coors field, then yeah, that's something because again, a year ago, it didn't really matter where they were playing either of those two teams. Everybody else, it mattered. But the, the Dodgers and the Giants came to Coors Field and wrecked the Rockies as well. And it's going to be a real hard one to take if the Giants come in and win that series next week. Because then this team does start to look a lot like the team from a year ago. Which, as much as they're going to continue to be really fun to watch at home, and as much as they might surprise expectations, some people's expectations, certainly the Vegas expectations of like 68 and a half wins or whatever that nonsense was. Like, they'll do better than that, right? But they're going to fall short of the postseason if they can't figure out a way to beat these guys. Those are the two things they've got to not figure out a way to excel. They don't have to be over 500, but the Giants and Dodgers, they've got to steal as many wins as they possibly can from those two teams. And the road, they've got to win as many road games as they humanly possibly can which I think is about 35. <laughs> I've put the cap around about 35. And I think that's you know what they would need to do to really nab one of those postseason spots. And I do think they'll fall just short, but that's why they play the games. You know, we don't just sit here and predict. They got to go out and play them. So let's find out what happened. 
I'm going to wrap up the podcast now. Take a couple questions on Twitter. If you're not following me, if you're not following me, easy for me to say. Make sure you are. Uh, so that you can join these dialogues and the Q&As here on the Twitter spaces afterwards. I'm at Drew Creaseman. Also, make sure you're subscribed to all the podcasts here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. You're reading all the written content at milehighsports.com. And you're just continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.